welcome back to the Mainline Minute presented by Homefield Apparel. I'm your host, Tommy Godin, and in this episode, we have a lot to discuss. The first thing we're going to do is recap an impressive 90-63 to win over the American Eagles at the Finneran Pavilion on Monday night before we preview the matchup with the Lemoyne Dolphins on Friday evening. After we get through all that, I'm going to introduce some new segments to this show. I'll get into that a little bit more later, but I think that this community is going to really enjoy it. Uh, They're going to be fun. They're going to break up the show a little bit. So we're going to wrap up with that. But before I do anything, I need to take a quick minute to tell you guys about my friends at Homefield Apparel. I've been an ambassador of their brand, I mean, years before I had a platform. I was talking with my friend Chris Nataro from Villanova Tip Time, which if you don't watch that show, you guys are missing out. Uh, Chris is an amazing guy, uh, one of my best friends in the Villanova you know, community, uh, the whole basketball sphere. So tune into Villanova Tip Time with Chris Nataro before every game, unless you are a big fan of NASCAR Race Hub, which, you know, to each their own. But uh, he... He said it best the other day. I mean, it's cool to be sponsored, and it's even cooler to have a cool sponsor. And that's what Homefield Apparel is. I mean, they have a ton of merchandise. My favorite shirt, I wear it all the time. It's the for the blue and the white shirt with the retro wildcat throwing down a reverse jam. I mean, it's a timeless look. Personally, I always go size up. It's not too big. It's not too small. Super comfortable, quality stuff. I mean, I couldn't recommend it anymore. Um, use code FULL40 at checkout for a discount. That's right. It's not mainline minute. It is code full 40 at checkout. You guys will receive a discount. It all goes to the same place. Great quality stuff. Homefieldapparel.com. Go check that out. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, let's take a look back to Monday night and the 90 to 63 victory over the American Eagles. Balance and depth were really the two big storylines coming out of this one. 10 different players scored in this contest, 11 different players played in this contest. Villanova figured to have a deep roster, and that was certainly the case. Um, In this one, Eric Dixon and Tyler Burton had 15 points each and led five Wildcats in double figures. Going back a little bit, just to go over the game and what happened, American got hot from early. They sank three of eight from deep over the first about 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, about halfway through the first half. That sounds about right. Um, And they were winning 17-15 early on. Um, But Lance Ware had a slam dunk to push the Wildcats in front, jumped out to a 7-0 spurt. um, And the clock dipped under the eight-minute media timeout. And that brings me to my first point is Lance Ware and the Villanova Wildcats. So... All offseason, we talked about how good Nana and Joku has looked. Um, we talked about it in the introductory episode. Um, I've written articles about it. He was one of the biggest buzzers of the offseason. But it was Lance Ware who really stole the show. I mean, the Kentucky transfer um, kind of got lost in the in the mix of everybody coming in in a way. He had a huge impact off the bench. Uh, Chris Bellotti tweeted, he said, Lance Ware, I was unfamiliar with your game. And that is certainly the case. I think I don't think Chris is the only one that feels that way. Um, and that was certainly good to see. So good on Lance Ware. That's a storyline that we're going to continue to follow uh, all year long. But Villanova, 
back to the game, took a 41-31 lead into the locker room at halftime. Um, that was a little too close for comfort. I mean, American remained within striking distance, 6 of 15 at the half, and they actually led in the second chance points category with a 12-6 edge. So uh, they were definitely in striking distance, but in the second half, uh, brings me to my second point. There was a play early on, and it kind of has, you know, the Nova Nation a little split. I know some people that love the play. I know some people that hate the play. If you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly what the play is that I'm talking about. It was the Tyler Burton, TJ Bamba, Divin, Nana Njoku, drop kicking, you know, Justin Moore <laughs> blocking with Eric Dixon, all followed by a Tyler Burton three. I mean, it was, it was mayhem. And sure, it was a sloppy play, but it was it was gritty. There's heart. There's attitude. That's what Villanova preaches. I mean, they wear those wristbands. I'm looking at a book right next to me as I record this. Attitude by Jay Wright. I mean, these guys don't just say this. They live it. So that was good to see. Um, I'm personally on the I loved that play train. I, I, I'm not even really sure I could, I, I could listen to an argument about how it was, you know, a sloppy play. It was... In my eyes, it just epitomized Villanova basketball. I'm going to take a quote directly from Tyler Burton, who said, that's just playing Villanova basketball. We go over it every day, watch it on film, talk about it. It's sacrificing yourself and earning honor with your teammates. I would just say that was a Villanova basketball play. And he's absolutely right, which is insanely impressive for somebody who spent 40 minutes in a Villanova uniform on this floor in this building playing in front of those fans. So I love the play, but moving on, the second half wasn't really close. Brings me to my next point was adjustments from Kyle Neptune and co. Um, Villanova was losing the rebounding battle early on in the game, um, but they went to work there in the second half. They finished when, uh, with a 10 rebound edge on the backboards I'm looking at here, 41-31. Um, they also clamped down defensively, limiting to the Eagles 11 of 33 shooting over the final 20 minutes, including 3 of 15 from deep, which is going to be key in their game against LeMoyne here on Friday. We'll get to that in a minute, but uh, good to see some adjustments coming out of halftime. And you know, Looking back at last year's game against Marquette, and that's just one for example. I mean, there was one against Temple that going into the halftime break, I mean, whether they were winning or not, they were looking good and you felt in control. And then in the second half, it just came out and got sloppy and adjustments weren't made and they ended up losing both of those games against Temple and Marquette. But adjustments were made at halftime. It was very evident and it was really refreshing to see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's really not much more to recap in this one. I mentioned it before, Villanova took that 41-31 lead into the locker room, and I said on paper that it was technically within striking distance, but, I mean, thinking back on that now, it never really felt that close. Uh, Villanova felt in control the entire time. Just four minutes into the second half, they opened up a 51-33 lead, and they never looked back. That was in part to TJ Bamba and Tyler Burton's play. They are, as advertised, uh, huge, huge, huge contributors to this offense and defense. I mean, their defense locked it down in the second half. They looked great. So 
a lot of positives there. Eric Dixon and Justin Moore were the leaders on this team. They did their thing. I mean, real quick about Eric Dixon. Every time I see him, he looks leaner. He looks stronger. If they ran the the, I mean, if they ran a game plan through Eric Dixon last night, he could have gotten whatever he wanted in the post. He was that good. Um, good to see that. Um, Villanova just so deep this year. I mean, like I mentioned before, 11 guys played, 10 guys scored. They're not going to run 11 deep in Big East play, but they have eight or nine guys that could legitimately be starters on another team. So <clears throat> that's great to see um, this early on. And the other thing is they passed the eye test, which is personally what I was looking for in this one. Uh, they did what they were supposed to do. They felt in complete control. There were adjustments. And looked like Villanova basketball. And that's all we can ask for at this time of year. Moving on, that brings us to the preview portion of this episode. We're going to be looking at Friday's matchup against the Lemoyne Dolphins here. Look, their first game on on Monday against the Georgetown Hoyas was a game that we've seen the Hoyas come out of the other side on more often than not in recent memory. Obviously, that'll change now with Ed Cooley at the helm, but after the game, LeMoyne's head coach went into the media and said, there's Division One, and there's the Big East. Obviously, he's smart. He knows that those are two different beasts. Um, Nate Champion in his fifth season at the helm for LeMoyne. For those who don't know, LeMoyne was a Division Two school this time last year. Um, this is a historic season for the Dolphins. They were accepted after they got invited into the Northeast Conference, the NEC. Um, this wasn't a great Division II team last year. I mean, this isn't a Division II team that won the national championship, and, and they got bumped up. I mean, they finished 500 last year, and they fell in the second round of their conference tournament. But there's a lot of hope for the Dolphins on the horizon. They had previously uh, had nine players Last season, all come back along with a handful of transfers and freshmen, um, and that's what comprises their first Division One team. Three graduate students, which are going to play a massive role in their offense. Isaiah Salter, Luke Sutherland, and Mike DePersia are expected to be the leaders this season with Salter and Sutherland carrying the scoring load. Um, they have an X-factor. On their team, Derek Jones Jr., no relation, not even the same spelling as the one from the area who found seasonal work in the NBA, but he arrived at LeMoyne from Towson midway through last season. So they have four guys at the top with Division One experience. Mason Landdeck will also compete for minutes in the backcourt. He has D1 experience from his time in Eastern Washington. So a deep team. For the LeMoyne Dolphins, I mean, these guys are no pushovers. Like I mentioned, their game against Georgetown on Monday did not – I don't think that that was the best representation of what they have going on in Syracuse, New York at LeMoyne. Um, they looked completely outmatched on the offensive end. Um, they're a small team, as is Villanova, but, I mean – these guys are really small. They can't defend the three very well, and they take a lot of threes. Um, but one thing that they do do well, they don't turn the ball over um, 
carelessly. So now I threw that caveat carelessly in there because there is a difference between turning the ball over, uh, stupid mistakes, kicking it off your shoe, stuff like that. And I mean, turnovers, driving in the lane, blocks, charge, you know what I'm talking about. So they only had 11 turnovers against a Georgetown team who is expected to be solid, especially down low on the defensive end up top. There's some question marks. We'll get to that later in the year, but 11 turnovers for your first game in division one. I think a lot of teams would sign up for that. Um, not great, but not terrible as well, especially considering the game that they played in that 94 to 57 loss. But as it pertains to the Wildcats, I don't expect this game to be close um, at all. Hopefully I think Villanova is going to get whatever they want against these dolphins. Um, I mean, they're just too big. They're too strong. They're too experienced. Um, they're too talented to um, maybe in years past. And last year, they might have had a pillow fight with these guys in the in the first half or what have you. But this year, I, I fully expect them to take care of business. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of positive signs to look for uh, for the Lemoyne Dolphins as well. I mean, going in the footsteps of a Merrimack or a Stonehill. I mean, they have all the, I'm going to say this a bunch of times this year, um, not for LeMoyne, obviously, but for, for teams in this conference, they have all the ingredients that you need in a recipe to be successful. They're following in the same exact footsteps as uh, laid out in a blueprint by Merrimack last year. They have a good coach in Nate Champion. They have a deep roster. They have an old roster. They have good guard play. They have shooters. That's what you need. I mean, why not? Why not have Lemoyne be, you know, a, uh, the latest feel-good story in the in the NEC? So I expect Villanova to take care of business um, and hopefully treat the fan base to a well-deserved Colin O'Toole sighting. That was awesome being at the game on Monday. I don't know if the television cameras picked it up, but the fans were chanting, we want Colin, we want Colin, and Anyone who knows me knows how big of a fan of Colin O'Toole I am. Um, he He's the cog in the gear that makes the Villanova basketball team go as they go. I mean, Kyle Neptune, he says he's a star in his role. Um, looking forward to hopefully seeing him on the floor on Friday night. But that's going to do it for this episode. Oh, before we go, I do want to introduce two new segments to this show. First is going to be a wraparound I'm going to call it a wraparound Wednesday. It's not always going to be on Wednesday. It's going to be, you know, whenever the need arises. It's definitely going to be once a week, though. Um, and we're just going to take a look around the Big East Conference. I'm not going to spend too much time on it in the non-conference for obvious reasons, but I think as conference play gets near, we are going to do a wraparound the conference once a week and and very briefly look into what everyone else is doing in the conference because – this is going to be a big year. This is going to be a big year in the conference. There's a lot of great teams up top. And I mean, they're as deep as they get. I mean, the Big East won almost all of their games on opening night and opening Tuesday night. So we're going to do a wrap around the conference once a week. The next one we're going to do, I'm really excited about, is a mailbag. We'll call it Mailbag Mondays. I'm going to do it earlier in the week. I'll put a Google form out on my Twitter at Tommy Godin Jr. on Twitter. Do you have any questions for me? You have any questions you want me to ask the program? I have my own list of questions, but 
if you have something that's if there's something that you guys want me to ask that I forgot or that you want to ask me, I will be your vessel. I will be able to answer any questions you guys have. I think it'll be a fun way for me to interact with you, kind of make the podcast feel more personal, more of a community setting. So those are the two new segments we're going to do. We'll debut those next week. I'll put a, a Google poll or a Google form or something like that on my Twitter later this week, like I mentioned. But thank you all so much for joining in. Go watch the full 40 live podcast tonight. Tonight is Wednesday the 8th. They'll be live on Twitter in a few hours. Go watch a rerun of it if you're listening to it past then. And as always, always watch Chris Nataro's Villanova tip time before the games. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Can't wait to see you next episode.